really? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. That was uh, Will Ferrell. I'm Steve Tripp, and this is Andrew Glennie, and welcome to the Crush the Cargill podcast. G'day, listeners. Yeah. G'day. Right. Oh, oh, so I guess we're starting a, another podcast. We are. So it's, um, oh, it's been another week, so I suppose it's time for it, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's your week been going, Steve? It's all right. I've run up Mount Cargill a couple of times. Yeah, you told, you're, just, you're just telling me off here that you'd um, won a couple of prizes there. Yeah, the old uh, Wild Things Challenges is pretty good. Oh, is it, is, is it randomly drawn, is it? Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. totally. But the, yeah, more, yeah. the more entries you get in, the more chances you've got. So, so, so what, you're, you're, you're essentially just running up and down Mount Cargill to win there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, just living your best life, aren't you? Pretty much. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like heaven, really. Just get to run up and down Mount Cagle and get paid for it. Mm, yeah, cool. All right, what, what else has been happening? Oh, I have this other job. I go there sometimes. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's a bit of, um, well, I suppose in the running world, what's been happening? Um, oh no, Tarawera. Did I, did I say that right? Tarawera. Yeah, and an old um, one of our um, I think it was one of our guests from the first or second season won the women's race. She did. Good old Katie. Katie Wright. Yeah, good on her. Yeah. No, no, she is a doctor that is allowed to practice. She is allowed to practice, and she does actually practice. Yes. Yeah, and, and I see she moved down to uh, she's moved down to Wanaka, has she? Yeah, she's she, still only practicing though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What do they say practicing instead of like um I don't know, it sounds like you know pretend doctors. You know, I'm just practicing. Until, until you become a surgeon and then you're operating. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think that would be for me. But they're also in the theater, but they don't call it performing. Oh, speaking of um speaking of medical procedures. Uh, my mother just set, um, set a record. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, uh, a record for South and she got some knee surgery. But, um, oh, no, was it on her ACL or something like that? Yeah. But apparently yeah. she's the oldest person in Southland to get the surgery. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's already talking about going back skiing again. So we'll see how that works out. That's awesome. Well, she pays for you to go skiing, doesn't she? Yeah. It's yeah. a good deal. Let's hope she gets to go skiing. <laughs> yeah, well, oh, it's cool because I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't know. Skiing's a funny old sport. Okay, we went into level two and went into level three. Poor Auckland. Yeah. I was hoping we'd go into level four, to be fair, because, like, the last lockdown, I had, a, I had a bloody great time. You know, I was, um, I didn't have to, I didn't have to see people um, and saved a heap of money. It was good. Yeah, well, that's true, but I'd have to organise too much for work. Um, well, people can't go to the hospitals if they're locked down. No, but you've still got to teach the med students. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it'd be like this sort of like sort of gap in their knowledge. Oh, what do we miss doing? Doing like, oh, how to anaesthetise people when we're operating. Yeah, how to Oh, no, anyway, no, like I was gonna say, like, I mean, I was, I was fortunate the last lockdown, so um, uh, you know, like I was 
one of the lucky, fortunate people that still got paid. Um, and yeah. I suppose had to do a little bit of work on the line and sort of stuff like that. But yeah. all in all, ran around the house a few times. Um, yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, there was a few good things happened. And I think I managed to save enough money to buy some fancy Scott running shoes. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's when I bought my trail shoes, which have now done just over 1,800Ks. Oh, that's worked pretty good. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's bloody impressive. It's bloody impressive. So I reckon... Hashtag Scott running New Zealand. Um, I think they're quite good shoes. Yeah, you know, the bloody great shoes. I'll tell you what, 1,800Ks, they're good for at least 2,000, I reckon. I think I've done 1,500 in my pair, and it's more than I've ever had in a pair of trail shoes in the past. Yeah, I think I had a pair of, oh, what, oh, I can't even remember what it was. Hey, speaking um, of Scott, though, speaking of Scott, in a couple of minutes, we've got a guest coming on board. We do. His name is. Scott. It is. How did you get that? Yeah. Oh, we, we've been talking about it all week, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you know about Scott? He, um, what do I know about him? He um, oh, he is um, one of the founders of the Revenant, mm -hmm. which um, attracts a handful of runners to the hills above Garston every year. Um, and being being the good bugger that is, he made freaks yet, didn't he? He did, yeah. Not that it did you any good. You still didn't. You just still didn't finish. No, I didn't. Yeah. But hey, you didn't have, you didn't have to pay, so so I still haven't paid for a DNF yet. Is it, is it only count as a DNF if you don't pay? I don't know if you pay. Does that mean no one can DNF for twenty the crush the cargo twenty four hour challenge? Uh, don't make me think. Don't make don't make me think too hard about things that I've just blurted out. <laughs> Like my, 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 my thought process doesn't go that deep. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, I'm just living a simple life. I'm a humble man living a simple life. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Hey, hey, we've got, we've got our visitor. Howdy, howdy, guys. Hey. How are you going? Good, 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 good. Oh, you're looking presentable. That's good. So, Scott, Scott Worthington, welcome to the Crush the Cable podcast. I'm always presentable, aren't I? Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think my, my first recollection of Scott Worthington, I think it might have been, oh shit, maybe like five years ago, five or six years ago when I was doing the 50k at Naseby. Oh yeah. The first oh, yeah. time. And you won it, you bastard. Thrash no, me. I must I must be getting Alzheimer's. I can't remember that. But anyway, yeah. that's all right. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was you. Um I was holding your hot on your tail about an hour behind you, probably. <laughs> yeah 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 no yeah i've done the 50 done the 100 yeah yeah don't think, think i'll do the 200 i think i'll get giddy probably dizzy yeah. going around that many more laps but that's no, all right. yeah you seem to do a bit of adventurous kind of stuff like i noticed um you know on, on um on the social media doing crazy things like following a straight line on a map <laughs> straight into the bush you know yeah, yeah yeah, I, I must admit, you know, years of competition get to, but anyway, me personally, I've got to the point where I just rather do stuff myself. I don't actually need to go to an organized event. So, yeah, yeah, yeah no, fair enough. You don't but, need the kudos. 
No, I just, you know, it's, it, I, I get bored with things pretty quickly, to be honest. Yeah, um, fair I've done lots of different things, but I can only do them for so long, and then I sort of got to move to something else. So, you know, getting a map and just um, finding, you know, A to B or something, it's just, um, it's good. And I, I, the only time I revisit those, if I don't make it, I'll go back and give another crack. Yeah, 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 cool. So going back to your years of competition, what did you compete in? Lots of different things, Steve. Um, started as a runner, um, as a kid actually, was um, one of New Zealand's best sprinters. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I started off 100 metres and uh, went to the States on a scholarship, not for running, but for just a, an overseas um, AFS actually. Yeah. Uh, and ended up in the California State Final um, but for over there, the schools are graded depending on, you know, oh, how many... You, you must be around the same age as Carl Lewis. No, he's younger than me, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, inter the interesting thing was I went over there and I was sort of running high tens here yeah. and never really thought about it, lined up at this meet and went under 10 seconds. And I thought, holy heck. That's awesome until someone told me it's 100 yards, mate. It's not 100 meters. <laughs> but, oh, but, oh, talk about it. instant disappointment. <laughs> how, much, how much shorter is that, though? How many meters shorter is that? Uh, it's, it's roughly, I don't, I don't know exactly, but it's, it's a good half second. To, what do the bloody, what do the bloody Americans have to be different about stuff? I don't it's know. Like, I suppose. It's like the Boston Tea Party thing. So, oh, We'll get rid of you. We don't need you. We don't need you to your English stuffed up English people. We'll we'll drink coffee yeah. instead. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like that, isn't it? It is a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I can understand that one. Oh no, yeah. that's a bad analogy actually, because the English use imperial system as well. Yeah, we well put yeah. it this way. I grew up with the imperial system, so but it had changed. But you know, obviously in the late sixties. Um, so I was well into metric when I went over there, but see, so yeah, it sort of ran and then, you know, um, sort of got into longer distances and always never quite made it. Like, in other words, you know, my best marathon time sort of like 2.30, which for, you know, a lot of people go, wow, that's quick. And you go, well, it's actually not because you're not elite. Yeah. And you're better than... Well, it depends where you're running. Like, if you went down to Chicago and ran the Chicago Marathon, you'd be an elite runner with the time like that. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean. I mean, you sort of... <laughs> yeah. you're, not, you're not one or the other. Yeah. Uh, I suppose you're not going to pick up... You're not going to be a professional runner. You're not going to pick up a professional contract. Um, exactly. Yeah, you're not going to... Running, running in Southland. Yeah, you're not going anywhere. So, um, so they then sort of got into triathlon in the early days when... Iron Man and was still relatively new, and a lot of people didn't really know, you know, what that was. And at, at that stage, it was probably the, I suppose, the longest endurance have been around. I suppose when you think about it, because ultras and that really weren't going. Yeah. Um, so got into that, and again, sort of same sort of deal. You know, was was reasonably good, but not good enough ever to be elite. Um, so you know, just just sort of kept going and really started getting um, some some good wins when there was nobody left. In other words, you know, you go into the age group and people sort of go, oh, you're 60, man, you, you won the 60 group. You go, well, it's not bloody difficult. It's the only guy there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you just, in the end, if you go long enough, 
you get rid of the crowd, don't you? And then you can win, you see. Yeah, well, that's my goal. Like, I, like, I reckon, give me another... I reckon in 50 years' time, I'm going to be smashing it at the Masters Games, eh? <laughs> I reckon, you know, totally throw, throw, throw down, smashing yep. it. Yeah. Like, like, like 30 second 100 metre sprints. There you go. There I think you're going to beat me in 50 years' time, Andrew. <laughs> oh, they, all those all those old centurions doing their hundred meter sprints are so cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I think you should add that as plural. As I say, you usually if you know when you get old enough, you're usually the only one there. Yeah. Um, so you can get all three medals. You see, you can take gold, silver, and bronze if you're lucky. Excellent, excellent. I'll, I'll be totally I'll, last. I'll be totally <laughs> done. I'd be totally bad if I make it to like 100 and somebody else also made it to 100 and also wanted to run. God yeah. damn it, just have a heart attack before the finish line, will you? <laughs> you're a real bummer though if you're DNF when you're the only one in the race. Yeah, well, I was oh, saying, you know, the good thing is you can take all categories. Last, last DNF, first, second. Down. So how, how old are you, Scott? Put down. Uh, 63. Shit, you're looking pretty good, actually. I thought you were in your mid-50s. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 63, so... Uh, you're yeah, similar age to me. Chipping away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're probably... I'd say you're 18 better than Steve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate. It doesn't yeah. matter, right? It doesn't matter. So where are you living now? So at the moment, physically in, in, in um, Wanaka, but we're building um, in Terrace. Yep. Um, oh, next to, the, uh, next to the airport. Literally. <laughs> um, literally next to the airport. Yeah. Uh, so we're right on the river, uh, just at that the Linda's end of Maori Point Road. So we're on the on the river there, um, and have been building since really lockdown four started. So um, should be in next month, hopefully, uh, which will be good because Monica doesn't really uh, spin my wheels very much. Nice place, but just not used to living in the city anymore. Yeah. Um, so just be. It'd be good to get back out uh, and sort of have a bit of space around us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Did you grow up? I uh, grew up up north in Auckland. Yeah. Uh, families were originally from Dargaville, um, and then sort of during the during the the war, my dad um, moved down to and ran a chicken ranch actually out in uh, in Hobsonville uh, way. Um, and we lived on the shore, which... Um, oh, isn't that where Eugene lives, in Hobsonville? Yeah, I think he might live out around there somewhere. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, the history of the place, because um, I think, I, I, you know, Steve, my mum died the other day, and um, so, you know, you go to a funeral and you sort of meet people you haven't seen for a while and you sort of talk about different things, usually in the, about the past. And, you know, we're... Where um, Albany and that area, which is growing up there, uh, is now. I mean, that was my fa uh, wife's family farm uh, in, in Greenhide. That was actually a farm. Yeah. Um, and when we moved over there, you know, there was no harbour bridge. Um, it was, they were just scrubby old bush sections. Yeah. Uh, and my dad was telling me he, he built the section for 150 pounds and, and built the house for 1,900 pounds. Wow. Um, so, you know... You sort of say you're from Auckland, but the reality is when I grew up, you're actually in the country. Yeah. Um, people sort of forget that. We had no car and no way to get to the city because there was no harbour bridge. Yeah. Uh, you just had a ferry. Yeah, so. They made the harbour crossing a bit difficult in the old Maori Minor, wasn't it? Well, I'll tell you what, you, you should, you, funny you should say that, Andrew, because our first car was a, was a, a beat up. Oh, okay, yeah. 
and the old VW back then you didn't have a thing as a, as a, such a, a thing as a fuel gauge, so yeah. you had this thing on the floor which was a, um, a little sort of uh, switch really. You switched it with your feet, and it would take you onto the reserve tank. And I remember as kids, Dad used to drive up the Harbour Bridge and was scared um, to ever run out of fuel on there because he didn't know what the hell you'd do. So every time we'd go up the um, up the Harbour Bridge, he flicked the thing onto reserve tanks because he knew at least you'd have enough to get up the hill and down the other side. Um, and then the second car, which was an old Triumph, I still remember that coming home. And we were sitting there all, all marvelling at this thing called a fuel gauge. Going, look at this. It even tells you how much fuel it's got. That's cool. Well, those fuel gauges are terrible. It's like you're running along, it says like full tank, full tank, maybe three-quarter tank, oh, and then it like flicks over to empty. Yeah, it took us a while to realise it wasn't accurate, but still it was, <laughs> it was pretty cool having something to tell how much fuel you had left, that's for sure. So well, yeah. technology in cars, it's pretty good, eh? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Oh, no, we're getting rid of petrol cars. So, um, yeah, you'll just get like a battery indicator now. So you have a voltage. You'll, you'll be, you'll be, imagine the amazement when you get that. <laughs> I, think, I, I think they're more accurate than fuel gauges. Probably. Wrong. You'd yeah. hope so. You'd hope so. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, yeah. Um, recent times, you've um, come to prominence as the as the founder of the Revenant. Yeah, yeah. I suppose I have. Um, yeah, the Revenant is. Um, <clears throat> I suppose it's really born out of um, out of my. I suppose personal opinion about you know, the sort of lives we lead. And I, was, I started to get a bit tired of, of everything being aimed towards, in, in many instances, the lowest common denominator, mm -hmm. um, just for the sake of participation. And, they, and don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm, I'm all for people getting out and doing stuff. But it just, it was getting to the point where that, that one group, that, that group that really wanted to push themselves um, was slowly, slowly being forgotten. So, you know, I, I, I think of Iron Man when I first started, I think the cutoff of my, my memory served me right was 12 hours or 13 hours, somewhere in there. And it's now out to God knows what, you know, which is fine, but slowly but surely, um, you know, that group of people that really want to push themselves um, are slowly being left behind. So that was one of the, the motivators for, looking at, at something which could encompass everybody but really gave everybody a stadium to do what they wanted to and if you made the stadium big enough then people could play uh, to their own tune and could reach reach you know what whatever they wanted to reach and not many would actually go from one side of the stadium to the other but it didn't matter it turns out uh, not many people reached the finish line in the revenant no, well, that's the whole point. I mean, yeah. the, whole, the whole point is that if you make something challenging enough, then you can take your focus off what everyone thinks is success, yeah. which is going across a particular finish line. And a lot of people forget that that's not the only reason that you should define success. Everybody's got different levels and everyone's got different needs and everyone's got different goals. And if you make the thing big enough, then everyone can find their goal within it, can't they? So that's yeah, yeah. Well, I, I heard um, Andre Andre Thomas Andre Thomas. Yep. yep. His goal was just to find something quiet to sleep because he's got a kid at home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But what a great story! 
<laughs> no, what a great story. I mean, how many races could you find a pipe to sleep on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long how long have you been thinking about the Revenant? How long has it been kind of you know well quite a quite yeah, quite a number of yeah, quite a number of years. Yeah. Um the Barclay always, you know, uh, interested me. Mm -hmm. uh, for that reason, for the same, for that reason, for that reason of something that, you know, you'd, you'd probably go and not have to worry about whether you could finish it because the chances are you wouldn't, but at least you could go as far as you could humanly go. So um, I try to get in that, in, into that race several times. Mm -hmm. um, and Laz has obviously got his own way of running things and, you know, he, he makes it extremely difficult to even know how to, um, you know, enter, let alone once you do uh, get on the rowdy road into trying to get in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, been, been looking at that for a number of years and tried a couple of times unsuccessfully, never got any answers back. So I don't even know, even know if I've even received me entry, um, you know. But anyway, so, so uh, that's where it started. And then um, sort of had it in the back of my mind and um, a young guy, Leroy De Beer, um, who helped me organise the first year, uh, he was sort of going to be the, the partner in this, and then he decided to go back into the Navy. Um, so that that's fine. And now Tom, the, the property owner from Welcome Rock, it's Tom and I that really put it on. So um, I suppose I'd answer it two ways. I'd say probably seven or eight years before we ran it, I had the idea of putting something like that on. Yeah. Um, and as we sit here right now, um, I've got seven years left in the sense that when I started, I wrote 10 years of the race, exactly how each year would play out for 10 years. So you know all your little tricks that you're going to put on for yep. every year? Yep. Really? Yep. So we've got, we got seven, seven to go before I have to re remap it. And so, okay. you know, and, and, and to be fair, you know, I, I wrote them out in a lot of detail, never thinking that they would stand, thinking that, oh, you'll have to change something. Um, but no, look, as, as, you know, year three gone past, um, I've re-looked at them each year and re-looked at them again, just actually, after you asked me on the podcast, I thought, oh, I'm going to have a re-look at them again for next year. And yeah, they look, they look pretty accurate. They look, they look pretty good to me. So, yeah, no, no, yeah, I was going to say, like, you must have, like, so, so no one finished the first, was it no one finished the first year? Correct. Yeah. And then the next year, three, was it three people finished? Correct. And you, you must have thought, and then and then and then this year one person finished. Correct. So you, so you must have thought after the, the first year, I was sorry, the second year, shit, I've made it too easy. Three people finished. And then, then the year after must have been quite a relief that only one person made it. Dude, no, support still hard. No, no, actually not. Um, you know, one of the things I've been asked a number of times is um, who do I think could finish it? And what would it take to finish it? Mm. And I've answered the latter, and I, I still haven't changed my mind on that, um, in saying the answer to that question is you have to have absolutely everything perfect. So obviously you've got to have some strong athletes, and we had strong athletes, and we've had strong athletes each year. So that, that, that's been the same each year. You've got to have strong athletes, you've got to have absolutely perfect conditions. Mm. And year two was perfect, better than this year, because really? it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't quite as hot. Um, so year two wasn't as hot as this year? No, 
No, it wasn't as hot. Um, it was hot, but it wasn't as hot. Okay. Um, and um, you also had to start most likely in the daylight. Yep. Um, and, and the reason I say to start in the daylight is most of the people that have come to the race so far haven't worked it out yet. And that even includes the guys that finished. Hmm. And that's only my opinion. Hmm. But things like the night, which are slower, it, if you get it right, it actually shouldn't matter whether we start in the night or a day. Yeah, but yeah. at the moment, people are psyching themselves out. Yeah. And they're not understanding yeah. that it doesn't matter what you, whether you start in the day or the night. You've got X amount of nights and you've got X amount of days in yeah. that two and a half days. And you've got to be able to move consistently. Uh, yes, you're going to be slightly slower in the dark, but if you move consistently, you will make that up in the day. Yeah. And that first year um, where we had a uh, starting in the dark and we had fog, mm. it rattled everybody. And instead of actually thinking about when you're in fog, it's the same as navigating in the dark. Once it came light and they saw the fog, it, 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 it threw them all. And there was you know, all the comments were coming. Oh, you couldn't see anything. It was foggy. It's like you, it haven't, you haven't seen that movie, The Fog, have you? No. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a movie about everything, by the time. <laughs> there's, a movie oh, there's, a, the there's a movie. There's a movie called The Revenant. But I don't think it's a do, I don't think it's a documentary about the race, is it? No, it isn't, mate. No, 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 no. About do, you think, do you think? Oh, like no, do you think you didn't get one of your early entrance get um? Mauled by a possum down in one of those. I think I just import a beer. Actually, we hey, saw. Now you're talking. Now you're we talking. saw some bloody big possums on that night. They were huge. Yeah, look, there's, there's some there's some interesting characters in that. Um, I mean, the good thing about Welcome Rock, and you know, you you've done it now, Steve. Is it's an incredible. Oh, he hasn't done all of it. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> That, that backside, you know, literally from the, the tops back down, the slate range back down to the Nokomai, is really untouched country. Mm. And, you know, the amount of deer in there, and, and, and they're, they're, they're actually not scared yet. No. no. They're just not used to seeing people, so they, they just seem to don't have that natural fear. Mm. So, um, yeah, the wildlife in, in, that, uh, in that part of the, the course is pretty unreal, yeah. uh, mm. which makes it special. Oh, make the beach forest easier to get through too. Yeah, parts of it it does. That's for sure. Don't, don't get it wrong. Um, so yes, look. So Andrew, the answer to your question is that um, no, I I think that you know what happened in year two was all those things you know stars aligned, and yeah. when, I, when I was asked that before even the first year, I said, look, the stars are going to align one year. It could be year one, it could be year 10, it could be, you know, just happened to be year two, and it could be again next year. Who knows? I mean, this race is not set up to make sure everybody fails. So you, uh, didn't, you didn't change, you know, there was a couple of tweaks to the course this year that weren't there last year. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you didn't make those tweaks to because of last year's result. No, no, no. The, tweak, the tweaks are made to keep it a little fresh. Yep. Um, and the tweak next year's the beer, Steve. That's the that's the tweak. The beer. Year. Yeah, the beer. You bring your gun. <laughs> bring your gun. Yeah, bring your firearms license. Um, <laughs> the the tweaks are done to, to keep it fresh. Um, the tweaks are kept relatively small so that people that have done it before 
um, don't throw all they've learned out. Yep. So the key to this race for me was to make something that every time people came back, they could use a high percentage of what they'd learned. Yeah. Um, and again, one of the things that I didn't mention that I, I, I feel is important to being successful is that you've done the race before. So out of the four finishes, there's only one, and that was Louis Schindler, that hadn't done it before. But he was smart enough to stick with Ian and Angus and follow them on that first loop. I tried sticking with Ian. It didn't work out well for me. It didn't work out well. Uh, well, you know, Louis, I don't know if you know Louis, but Louis, Louis is a big, strong character. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and he spent a long time, his wife told me he spent the whole year analysing, you know, everything, we, every email, every video. Um, and, and, his and, and his strategy, after all that, his strategy was, oh, I'll just follow those guys. <laughs> it was. It was very much follow Angus, hang on, <laughs> learn all you can in that first lap. <laughs> and then start bringing out your guns, you know, then yeah, start yeah, bringing cool. out what you brought to the, to the gunfight. So, um, so for me to change things massively would mean that, you know, Ian, his you know, third attempt, he gets there. If I kept changing things, you'd come back and I, I know if it was me, I'd get super frustrated because it's like, well, you know, just when I thought I, I, you know, I had an advantage over people I hadn't done it before, I've got no advantage at all. What's the point? Yeah. Um, so the tweaks are small. Um, the tweaks, as much as I can, are kept so that the course and distance and elevation stay pretty balanced. So if you notice, I don't say exactly what the distance is. I say it's more than 190. Yeah, uh, I don't. I say it's sixteen thousand meters ish. Yeah, because each year it might be a little more, it might be a little less. But if I tweak one, there might be an increase in the distance. It could be a decrease in the um, in the elevation. So so far, if you forget year one, where no one knew what it was about, and you know everybody pretty much uh, you know failed in a big way. Um, but if you look at year two and year three, it's no coincidence over, you know, 200 odd kilometers and 60 hours that three people have all finished within an hour of each other yeah. and have finished anywhere between, you know, the high 50s, almost on the 60 hour mark. Yeah. So, you know, that's sort of if we were getting someone one year finishing in 49 hours and somebody else not finishing the next year that you thought should have. We, you know, to me, we would get we'd, we'd be getting it really, really wrong. Yeah, um, see, this is what I think is quite fascinating. How do you how do you design a race which is just on the edge of possible? Yeah, the kind of people that you're going to get in that race. Um, because there's a whole lot of unknowns there. You don't know who you're going to get and what kind of people. And correct, correct. P pretty much um, using um, my own experiences um, for you know doing a lot of stuff cross country. Um, and if you dial in enough running um, and enough hiking and enough climbing and enough descending, and you relatively know what a quick time is over that, and I'm not worried about slow times. I'm only, you know, I'm working this out on what do I think the fastest person can do. Um, 
then you add in those factors that most runners really don't know a lot about because they're not experienced, and that's sleep deprivation. Mm-hmm. And literally manage... Joe Chalmers knows about that. He's got a young child. <laughs> he, he does, but, um, yeah. Well, we could say he doesn't because he had to sleep in a pipe. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, Steve, to answer your question, it's, it's really using everything that I do uh, and I, as you know, I do a lot of solo stuff as well, just picking points and saying, I'll go from here to here. And I always try and go as quick as I can, but they're generally distances that are long enough that all those other logistics that come into it, i.e. when do you sleep? How much do you sleep? How much do you carry in terms of food and water? Where, where do you drink? All those sort of things are as important as how athletic you are. So if you take you dial the athleticism down a little bit, pure speed, and you make all those other things um, as important as um, as your speed, um, then to me it's not that difficult to work out a course that's going to stump most people yep. and be quite you know still very challenging for for um, you know, an elite person. And and look, oh. at, the, at the end of the day. I was asked this the first year, I think one of the guys on when we, we got onto One News and the guy said, who do you think could finish this race? And I think he was surprised at my answer because I said, I'll put my money on a sheep muster. Hmm. Yeah. You know, for that very reason that, again, two and a half days, how many of our ultra running communities spend two and a half days continuously exposed? Because as you know, Steve, there's, there's bugger all, um, there's bugger all cover on this 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 course. There's a, you know, a little bit up to Nakamai, an hour and a half, two hours. The rest of the time, you're exposed totally, um, and that's outside of the normal field. Even if you go and do hard rock or any of these things, they're all done in in you know they're not done in multi days. Yeah, uh, adventure racing is done like that, and that's a background and that's a sport that I love. So. Um, and that's why I called it those three names. You know, it's a it's an ultra adventure run. And I think when we first came out with that, people just thought, oh, you're just trying to you're trying to shop to three different markets. Uh, we're actually not. It's actually what it is. And now yeah, you, know, yeah. you can see it combines all three sports. Well, that's right. Now, that's something interesting too, because you know you get people who are into adventure racing, but don't like yep. going around in circles, and then you Correct. get people who like running around in circles, but don't want to think about it. Correct. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and you know, the, the interesting thing at the moment is, is at up to this point, it's really only attracted runners, people that have a running background. Yeah. We've had a few, um, Tom Hardy and, um, you know, the New Zealand Orienteers, they, they came the first year. But I think it's only just now starting to. Um, well, you had some Green Beret guys or something. Um, special forces guys didn't you the first year yeah look we've had we've had um, special uh, forces every year um, okay. and that was that inspiration came from um, Leroy in the first year being in, in the Navy and he suggested that you know the military this would be right up there uh, their alley um, and um, so we um, sort of did a bit of hunting around and Leroy got some Kiwis yes, and how much I, running around do they do on a boat what's that how much running around do they do on a boat 
on a boat. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because the the um, Chad Wright, the, the the US Navy SEAL, that came year one and year two. Um, you know, they're part of the Navy. Mm. Yeah, and and yet and yet the SEALs spend very little time on a boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Navy SEAL. In fact, that's what Chad said to me. I said after the race, I said, "Gee, it took eight hours to to find one checkpoint." Oh, you know, how about your land navigation? He goes, "No, mate, no, 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 no. We're sailors. <laughs> Our navigation's at sea." I said, "Yeah, good try, <laughs> good try." <laughs> oh, so, was yeah. there any special forces there um, this year? Yeah, we had some um, guys that are in uh, D Company, which is the anti-terrorist squad, um, which train out of Papakura. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You terrorise the, the anti-terrorist squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's always interesting because obviously, um, you know, uh, even though we know them all and everything, you know, publicly, uh, those special forces, we, we're not supposed to um, identify. So um, unless they obviously like Chad, he, he'd obviously um, left, yeah, the, yeah. left the seals at that stage. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, Steve, you're a special force too. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, must, I, must, I must have bet them. May the, may the force be with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, you did. But that's just because I was following Ian. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I'm a bad man to follow. No, it was pretty good. So, um, yes. So, do you think there's some people that could do it in 50 hours? In 50? Hmm. Um, I doubt it. I don't think it's a course um, that is you know, the big call to say humanly impossible to do it. Um, there's some pretty amazing humans out there. But, you know, any given year, you'd need to, to go under 50 hours, man, you'd need some unbelievable athlete. And once again, you'd need everything going for them. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So they'd have to t- team up with someone that had done, it, done the lap before. Um, we'd probably have to start them at, at night. Uh, sorry, in the day. And I only say that because one year we will get people, you know, come along and finally understand that whether you start the day or the night actually makes no difference. Yeah. It just means that instead of starting off and getting out of the blocks a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's a psychological thing. Yeah. So, well, I mean, what are some of the other little, there's, there's a few other, you know, sort of like little bits and pieces that you do to, to make it slightly difficult, like, you know, you're not allowed to watch something, is that right? You can't wear a watch. Yeah, yeah. So um, the, the the we we strip time of them, and in, the, in the sense you're not allowed to watch, and and the reason for that, uh, along with um, some of the other little quirky things that we put into the race, are that when when you do most races. Um, they're a physical effort, then there's not much cognitive going on. And I use that word cognitive, um, you know, um, I use that especially because mentally, we all know you need to be mentally strong, finish an ultra, but you basically use your mind just as you, as, as you, as your, um, as your cheerleader. Yeah. You know, your mind's really only there to keep driving you forward. Um, what I wanted to do with this race was was challenge people to see whether they could use their mind completely through the 60 hours um, in 
in a more normal sense of not just driving you, but actually having to do what a brain usually and does on a daily basis, make decisions. Um, some, some of those more like fine motor skills. So in other words, plotting a UTM coordinate that Ian had to do. Uh, and then, you know, fresh navigation on the last lap. Yeah, yeah. Um, that needed a fresh mind. You know, he, he met that challenge. Mm. Um, but most races we do, including myself, um, you know, you, you, all you do is, you, you know, 90, not, not 90 miles or 10 miles to go, and you're just using your mind to drive you on, but it's not really doing much else. Um, yeah, yeah. So you add sleep uh, to that, uh, or lack of sleep, and it becomes a real challenge for people to, you know, work out what they want in transition. That's why it's unsupported. All those little things, batteries and headlamps, all those little things become more challenging. Then you ask them to do a puzzle or to, you know, to, to navigate to a brand new situation. Um, in year one, for example, um, I did this little thing where people, you'd say, okay, you've got to be a good navigator. Cool. It's amazing what people think good navigation is. They can read a map. They can they know, understand a compass. But all of a sudden, ask them if they can actually follow proper navigational direction, which is not just a heading based in degrees. And all of a sudden, when they were confronted with it, in other words, they got to one checkpoint. And when they opened the checkpoint box, there was a note inside from me that said, great, you've reached checkpoint X, but you're actually not there yet. You're close. You're within 150 meters. Here, uh, here are some directions to get to the actual checkpoint. Yeah, you people off. <laughs> well, well, those directions I wrote just as if you're an airline pilot and you're actually reading proper directions. Um, and it threw a lot of people. Yep. And they're like, what, what the hell is this? And I said, well, I, I said, can you navigate? You said, yes. Well, I didn't know how to navigate like that. I said, well, then you're not a navigator. <laughs> yeah. um, so again, just throwing those things in there, not to be, you know, not to make people fail, but to make them understand that the, the test here is a full body test, including mm -hmm. the ability to make good decisions when you're really tired. Yeah. Well, do you know the, you know the worst thing about that? What's that? Like, they wouldn't get the kudos on Strava. Like, <laughs> that's true. That's true. Well, even better. Yeah, that, you bloody, they're the first ever finisher of the Revenant. You, you know, you finish like this. Well, some say the toughest, some say, you know, second toughest because, you know, they crush the cargo and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, we'll, you don't we'll take, we'll take seconds. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I didn't get on Strava. Oh, well. no, that's right. Yeah, actually, well. actually, you can do a manual entry, and I did enter it on Strava. Oh, disqualified! <laughs> even even better, you know. I'm, I don't know if you guys get it, but uh, you know, what, what do you win? Uh, nothing. Oh, whiskey. <laughs> you, get, you get a shot of the whiskey, and you see the disappointment on some people's faces. Well, how about the spot prize? How many are there? <laughs> Oh, no. spot prize is just that you get Wilson's whiskey. <laughs> what's what's the whiskey like? Oh, it's a really nice whiskey, actually. In mm. fact, in fact, that's a story in itself. I mean, it's a really nice um, whiskey, very expensive whiskey that I bought. But I've actually tried, um, and unsuccessfully as yet, I'm, I'm going to actually try again. Um, but a couple of, two or three years ago, when we first started this, 
I approached um, the guys in Cadrona because I thought it'd be really cool to have a local whiskey. Yeah. Um, and at that stage, of course, they they didn't, you know, they, they, these, these are still aging. Um, but there wasn't a huge amount of interest there. But to be fair, you know, we, we were still, you know, this was going to be our first year. So mm -hmm. I, I saw the guy in the Queenstown um, airport car park and just rocked because I saw he had written on the side of his vehicle. I just rocked up and thinking about now, he must have thought, who the hell is this guy knocking on my window, rolling it down and saying, hey, I'm doing putting this race on. How about you give us some whiskey? So <laughs> probably pretty dodgy, but... Um, oh, so that's how you get sponsorship. You just approach people in car parks. That's where we're going wrong, Steve. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. We've got underpants, we've got a pub, we've got coffee. I mean, we, need to, we, need to catch, we need to catch yeah. like Richard Emerson as he's leaving work one day. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, so um, you know, I am, I'm, I've got, I am having a couple of conversations because uh, it would be nice to get a, a New Zealand whiskey in there, uh, in the bottle. Um, and as you know, this year we were lucky enough to get um, the local guys to um, brew us a, um, a Revenant beer. Yeah, that was um, fantastic, fantastic. I'm, I made carrot wine once. I could um, sort you out some carrot wine for the next Revenant. Carrot wine. Yeah. Never had that. Is it, is it good? Well, oh no, to be fair, I've only made it good. Twice. No one's going to finish to get it. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to be in a hurry to finish it. That's the prize, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, we were, oh, we were, we were like, really before, lucky. You're gone, sorry, gone. Yeah, no, sorry. Before I even forget, though, like, I, 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 we've totally got to mention this because I don't think we, I think we must sit by it. But um, you thought, like, uh, this year for the Revenant, you thought, fuck it. It's free. How yeah. cool is that? Oh, look, it's not that. I mean, at the end of the day, Andrew, you know, um, like a lot of events, and you know, we were we were um, looking there's at not it. many. There's not many free events. No, but I mean, like you know, um, I made that decision really early on when sort of when so I think we must have been just come out of lockdown four. Yeah, um, yeah, and so like everyone running an event, you, you you looked and thought, well, you know, how long is this thing going to go for? And but at least by the time we got down to lock lockdown three, you could see this was a serious thing, and it wasn't going to be over in five minutes, you know. Um, and you know, lockdown four, there was a lot of people um, wondering well, were they going to have a job and, and and all that sort of stuff. And so I just looked at it and thought, you know what, I can afford it. Um, one thing I want I want people to be able to do um, once the smoke clears is to have recreation because recreation is good for all of us. Yeah, um, totally. And totally. we get a lot of people. You know, not everyone comes from is local. We get you know people from Auckland all over the country, so it's not inexpensive to get down here. So I just looked at it and thought, you know, it's pretty simple. We just don't charge this year. They're still got to most of them are still got to pay something to fly down, drive down, whatever. Um, we offer, not accommodation, but we offer a paddock if you want to set a tent up. Um, yeah. So look, it was, it was a really no-brainer um, for me. And um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad we can, you know, I'm just fortunate enough to be able to do that, do it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, well, bloody good stuff. It was good stuff. And, and, and we'll all want to come back anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Steve, Steve and Adam have been trying to talk me into doing it, but shit, I, I hate hills and I'm crap the compass, so. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, I hate running through tussocks. It's oh. the worst bloody thing. Oh, well. I hate tussocks. 
Yeah, well, you might like maybe maybe you like the way race briefing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go for the race briefing. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um. So, uh, coming back to the not quite the money side of it, but the contestants. How do you how how big are you going to make the field? Um, we're capped at, at forty, Steve. Right. Okay. Um. You know, uh, one of the things that I like about adventure racing and one of the things that I don't like about some of the current adventure races. So one of the things I like about adventure races is, is the fact that you get to spend a lot of time out by yourself, yes. you know, with your team. And, you know, you're, you're in big open country trying to go from A to B. Um, with, with you know just under your own steam in terms of navigation and everything so not seeing people or not seeing a lot of people to me is a, a really really important part of the experience so you know for us to have uh, you know 100 people 150 people and every year trying you know just trying to really cash in more and more and more and that's not what I'm about um, and nor is Tom um, you know he's got those huts up there and he built the track and you know, he could get a lot more people up there. But I think over time, what he wants to do is have smaller numbers. Hey, eventually he's going to have to charge more supply and demand. But he'd much rather do that um, than actually fill the place up with a whole lot of people. So um, we're the same with the race. So we've capped it at 40. Uh, we do have a dock concession for more. Um, but that was just simply because the paperwork, the way it came, we just like you fill in the number and that's that. But we've decided 40 is a good number. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's from a risk management point of view, it's, it's not too huge, not too difficult. Um, but it means that once the groups have split, as you would have found, you split pretty quickly. You know, you, you, you pretty much are on your own other than your own little bubble, your own little group that you're, that you're, you're, you're um, navigating with, you know. And then as Ian found out, as the numbers shed off uh, after that first and second lap, you know, uh, that in itself for a lot of people is a challenge, knowing that if you're going to really finish this thing, you're probably going to have to do a lot of it by yourself. Yeah. How many people yeah. actually, how many, how many people made it to the, like, the last lap? Uh, so um, Ian did just over one and a half laps by himself. Yeah. So most, most people were gone after the first lap. Um, and then uh, we had a small, small number go out on lap two. Well, did you make to the? Did you make to lap two, Steve? Yeah, I finished lap two. Yeah, yeah you finished lap two. Yeah. 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 And then decided so, that was nice. Yeah, and that's and that's as you know, Steve, why we have that cutoff of thirty yeah. hours. So the 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 Barclay just takes the sixty, divides it by five because they're five laps. Yep. And basically says every 12 hours, we just, we just cut the, you know, keep cutting the pie. Mm. And I just looked at that when we first looked at the race and thought, well, people are going to pay money to come and I'm going to be hanging around hopefully for 60 hours or at least three laps. Why wouldn't I let people just continue? Yeah. I mean, nothing changes for us. Um, and then it I've gives people 30 laps to do the first lap, then fine. Yeah. yeah, and then and then you and then you bring that experience back. I mean, um, you know, you could have had a blinder of a fourth lap if you kept going, Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we could be interviewing them live by now. <laughs> you know, I only have one leg, but that's okay. <laughs> so the 30 hours to me, um, 
I think most people have bought into that, you know, that, you know, that they like the fact that we don't just yank them off the course if they don't make that first lap. Um, because, yeah. because it does, you know, you can go slow. Yeah. Uh, and especially that first year, as I say, if, if they hadn't been thrown by the fog and everything else, um, you know, that the fact that you might come in slightly slower, trying to find the checkpoints, but if you're fresh, or not fresh, but if, you know, you're strong, you should be able to make that up in the second. Well, why take that away from people? Yeah. So that's, that's why the first one's 30. Yeah. And I think it works pretty well. Because it must yeah. have been a few people this year who you like took 16 hours or so on their first lap and went out for a second lap. Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm more than happy with that because, and I do the same. I mean, I had a couple of guys, um, you know, pull out with a, they said they hadn't trained as, as much as they really wanted to. And I, I just really yes, said, anyone ever trained as much as they really want to? <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I don't think these guys have done much training at all, but they were, <laughs> they were strong enough probably to do a lap. And, and, and I know that they do actually want to come back and do the event. And, and I said to them, well, just a piece of advice, you'll never finish this first time around. So any year you don't start is a wasted year. Yeah. Now they had, they didn't turn up and I know what will happen. They could turn up next year or the year after and they've wasted that year. They will spend that first year learning the course. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, the, the, you know, do your time really is what it's all about. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Good stuff. So you get, any, you get any ideas there, Steve? What was that? You got any ideas there that we can steal for Crush the Cargo? Oh, well, <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, Crush the Cargo is perfect as it is. We don't need to make tweaks. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but speaking of tweaks, what are you going to do next year? That'll be telling, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't tell anyone. We won't. <laughs> yeah, look, at the end of the day, um, you know, you, you've done the event now. So you, you can see the levers that can be pulled. And, oh, and, and, and they're finite. I mean, it's not as if you can keep throwing completely. You've got basins of land that you could use yet. You know, no, that's what I'm saying. So in other words, you know, you, every year you can change some checkpoints. I, I reckon maybe doing, doing something like, you know, every lap you've got to do like an IQ test. And, and if your IQ drops behind below a certain <laughs> level, you get dropped. <laughs> well, my, my wife reckons your IQ has to be pretty low to even enter. <laughs> um, but yeah, look, you know, you can, you can, you can obviously play around with when you time you start, and uh, because I've I've worked out that people people just psych themselves out if they if they think they're going into the night. Yeah. Um, you can play around with the checkpoints, and and that's a fine balance because, as I said, you play around with the checkpoint. You've really got to make sure that if you're giving away some ascent or descent, you're possibly adding some distance. Yeah. Um, so you're tr trying to make the challenge pretty much the same all the time. And then we... Because um, I, I would have thought you added um, ascent and descent and distance this year compared to last year. Uh, no, we actually um, compared to last year where they didn't... Uh, so the... the what, what they didn't have to do last year, and I, I suppose the other element I, I should add in there is time. So we can also put things in that will just take time because the, ultimately you're racing against 60 hours. Yeah. So the thing that they, that they, the advantage that they had last year um, was the fact that they could, uh, they didn't have to go down to checkpoint one. 
yep. on one of the laps, right? Which is a decent, which is a decent amount of uh, vertical. Well, it's massive. Um, um, but this year, Ian had to completely navigate to a completely new checkpoint on four. And as it turned out, because I take all, you know, so, you know, from a health and safety point of view and for you guys moving around, I know this course backwards. Like I've got all my own stats. I know what a quick time is, what a slow time is. And it's really accurate. People were asking me how accurate it was. We didn't know or nobody knew when we're in was through that night, right? Within 15 minutes, I went over to the checkpoint I thought he should pop up with, knowing his speed, knowing, and within 15 minutes, he popped up. Hmm. So we so we sort of, I know pretty much if I take something away from the course, what I've got to add. And say um, that, do you think you could finish the revenant? Could I? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So I'll, I'll race direct for you next year if you want to, if you want to have, have, it, have it a go. Oh, look, I instituted a rule just five minutes ago that a race director can never enter his own race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a quick, no, quick, quick vote on that, yes. <laughs> Democracy here, good. Democracy, mate, yeah. Dictators. Yeah, I, I think Steve feels your pain as well because, you know, as much as he's also the race director for um the, the Three Peaks Plus One. There you go. And, um, Great, yeah. great. It's probably the second best race in Dunedin. But, um, <laughs> second. <laughs> you're, the, you're, you're on a par with us. We're, two, we're second too. Yeah. That's, pretty good. Yeah. That's, all, that's all good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, looking at those, at those times, and I keep all those stats, Steve, the actual time that it took Ian to find that checkpoint um, and then get back to uh, checkpoint two. Um, ended up being almost exactly the time um, that we took out of the race in the first year. Uh, sorry, in the second year. So really one, one neutralised the other. One was obviously saving somebody distance, but for, 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 for Ian, what we did um, is we made that challenge of, um, of you know, having to navigate to a new one, although, again, he didn't have to go to the bottom. So yes. he saved himself a couple of hundred meters of vert as well yeah. um so you know it's it, say it's a fine fine line and so far i think we've got it right um i'm not sure we'll get it right all the time necessarily but look at the end of the day that's why i don't keep um results yeah you know we we, we have our little um trophy and, and everybody's name that's it's got it's finished gets on onto the trophy but people have said you know was that a record this year um well you, you can't have records unless you know the the, the thing that you're comparing absolute apples with apples yeah yeah and every year it's going to change yeah. um so there's no point in having um you know um, are you going to bring back the sudoku uh, sudoku will come back um yeah sudoku will come back we never we never had to we, ne we, we never played the sudoku um and I was we were going to play it in the first year, but when we saw how slow they were, there was no point in putting it in. It was no good, no no good putting extra nails in the coffin when they're already dead. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we just we just didn't play it. And then in year two, uh, although we had the three finish, um, I just felt that at that stage it was the one part of the race that was untested. Mm. And so I thought, no, let, let's just see let's see how this plays out. 
uh, and I just decided not to play that card. Because um, I, I spent all year practicing my Sudoku. Yeah, look, it'll 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 come back, and and the way we had the way I had the Sudoku set up, um, it, it was it's it's not dissimilar to what you guys had to do this year. The Sudoku was there to to unlock another clue. Yeah. And once you got that clue, then 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 you had to go and do some navigation. So the Sudoku, if you you know you couldn't do the Sudoku, you were never going to get the clue. But um, well, in fact, you, what actually happens is if you can't do the puzzle, I don't want to see people, you know, basically that's it. And you go, well, it was a running race and I, I failed because I couldn't do a puzzle. Um, we had That's why we had that time penalty on it. So there, there has to be, um, you know, some advantage to the person who can cognitively still function better than somebody else that whose physiology uh, may, may have their feet going one out in front of the other. But if the other guy functions at the same time, then to me, they're a better package. Yeah. Um, and that's what the, all those little things are about. They're just simply about making sure that at the end, and you saw how, how good Ian was, yeah. um, he wasn't just fit physically. He was mentally still being able to make calculations and do all the things that you need to go fast in the race. Yeah. Yeah, and he, and he chose to come to the after match function, which shows he was definitely thinking. Yeah, pretty awesome. <laughs> would you, would you, how 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 good a shape was he in it? And would you say um, got a ride with him if he's driving a car? Was he that? Was he that together? Or was he? No, no, no. he was quite standing up. But I think if you sat him down, he would have been out unconscious yeah. pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, you know, you you wouldn't put him in front of a you wouldn't put him in front of a car in, 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 in charge of a car or anything. So, yeah, so he doesn't get to drive away in the in a in a new Amarok or anything like uh, that. Uh, unfortunately, oh, that's not. a question. That's a, that's probably a question I should ask. Have they, you know, since since the old beat-up days, have um they have have the fuel gauges improved? <laughs> uh, yeah, the fuel gauges have improved. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, they they they're, they're good trucks actually. Uh, yeah, no, I've got a mate that's got one. He's, he's always raving about it. Yeah, yeah, no, I like, I like it. So they're so good. I bought one in the end. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah no, I like them. No, VW have been really good sponsors. So we're really yeah, no, we're, we're still working on car sponsorship. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a work in progress. <laughs> the, old, the old Morris car company. They went out of business, so they've been a bit hard to get in contact with. So there you go. Maybe try an e-bike. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to your adventure racing, Scott. Mm -hmm. what, what's the worst worst race you've ever had? Um, this well, is a question we ask all our guests. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, but, but funny enough, I haven't really had a bad one. Like in the sense that things happen. I go on. I reckon that hundred meter that, that hundred meter race that you got under nine seconds and you realised that it was like <laughs> yards. Yeah. That must have been pretty shit. Uh, yeah, no, that was, it was after I realised that it was only about 100 yards. Um, no, I, there's, there's, there's weird things and bad things that have happened in races, but that's all part of racing, and that's what makes adventure racing good because there's a lot of problem solving. Mm. But I'd probably say the worst was the Fjordland year, and not because of me or not because of anything that actually happened to, to, to me personally. Oh, we're talking God's own. Yeah, I'm talking God's own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the yeah. chapter eight, I think it was chapter eight, uh, the Fjordland year. 
Uh, no, we we happened to come across a, a guy that is now a good friend of mine, Ben Lott, and he got concussed. Um, and that concussion wasn't diagnosed, um, and he was allowed to to carry on. He was asked, you know, how do you feel? Do you want to carry on? I mean, what a dumb question to ask an athlete. Um, and that led on, you know, uh, make a long long story very short, led on to um, Ben um, walking, being diagnosed later on that he's actually walking around with a broken neck, um, had a couple of strokes, um, you know, lost his job, lost lost everything, had to learning to re-speak and so forth. So um, from from my own personal point of view, and we were the team that, that came across him. Um, so, you know, that's probably the worst year um, for me personally, because not only you know have I become good friends with Ben, and it's and it's horrible to see someone affected like that, but it just rammed home to me how you know that sometimes we get it wrong in sport, yeah, and sometimes we just don't put the um, you know the care of the athlete um, you know in the in the right position. Yeah. You know, here, here was a situation where, you know, I think most of us understand that concussion, you know, there's lots of records on concussion. Most sports understand it and our sport didn't, yeah. you know, and, that, and, and I'm sort of almost ashamed of that in some ways um, that, um, you know, that, that he was allowed to go out. Uh, and well, wasn't uh, I, I, suppose, I suppose in all fairness, like the whole, the whole deal with concussion, it's only something that's really become a concern over the, say, Oh, maybe like last five or so years, maybe not pretty much since well, those NFL players, ex NFL players started suing their old teams. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I, I don't know what you know exactly what the number is, but I, I would have, I would have thought rugby, uh, you know, which is our most high, high profile, high, high profile sport. Um, I mean, rug, rugby's had concussion protocols for, yeah, I would have said at least seven or eight years now. And they've got better every year. Hmm. Um, and for Jordan's only what? That's only three years ago. Hmm. Um, so I would like to have thought um, yeah, you know, sports that were functioning. And that's why with the Revenant, Steve, as you know, um, you know, I make that comment in the race briefing that, you know, between every lap before you can go out again, we've got to get our medic to, to check you out. And he makes a decision. It's not your decision. And we're not stupid. You know, we don't, you know, just go, sorry, you, you know, you're going out, you've got a couple of blisters. We're realistic. But ultimately, I want everyone to enjoy themselves, push themselves, but not to the point where you end up with a stroke, you know, not to the, you know, where you end up with something that just changes your life. Yeah, uh, the day it's just not worth it. Yeah, it's just not worth it. How's, how's he doing now? Look, Ben's doing really, really well. Um, and Ben is the guy that um, Ben and I, he had a dream of doing a race um, overseas and he didn't think he'd be able to do it uh, uh, anymore because of his injuries. Oh, wow. And so, so I've been helping Ben and Ben and I have been working together. So we off to do the Yukon 1000 together. Um, the uh, thousand, meddling, uh, yeah, thousand mile paddle um, from Whitehorse um, in Canada to just basically Fairbanks in Alaska, un unsupported. Um, so that's a big goal of his. And, um, you know, I've, hopefully can help him achieve it you know um, oh man good stuff so, so does do you do will you be going to race as well yeah you know it's a, so you know it, it's it's a um it's a race that they only allow 40 um teams yeah so you, you you can't do it as a solo 
Okay. Yeah. Um, so um, you, you've got to do it, but you can do it as we're in, we're in the kayak section of it. We, we, we will kayak a tandem uh, and then they have Canadians. So I think you can have up to maybe six people in a team. Yeah. So, um, don't quote me on that. I might be four, but I'm pretty sure they allow six. Um, so, but there's 40 teams um, and that's, that's it. And they, I think they got about three and a half thousand people try and get in. So, um, so it was good that we, we managed to get a spot. Um, but it looks, it looks like it'll be, I, we're going to hear on March the 1st, it looks like it'll be postponed um, to 2022 yeah. um, because of the COVID, oh, which, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you can always um, just practice on, a new, you know, you do it on a New Zealand river. Yeah. I don't worry. We've, 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 we've done all that. And, and you know, we, we, we continue to train. But I'll tell you what, we went and did the Wanganui. Um, and um, it was quite funny because everyone told us, oh, yeah, it's a New Zealand great walk. It's a national park. And which we knew all that. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a bone to pick about that. <laughs> what, 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 about why? Well, how can you have a great walk that you have to do on a canoe? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, so, it'd be the you know, it'd be the toughest river to 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 do. What's that? If you're going to do the length of any river in New Zealand, do you know it'd be the toughest one? What's that? The Reedy River. Do you know why? Why is that? You'd end up in Invercargill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably why we're not going to do it. But that's all right. <laughs> um, so, I'm, yeah. I'm from Invercargill. I'm allowed to say that. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So we, we did the Wanganui um, and it's supposed to take three days or four days or whatever it's supposed to take, which we you know it wouldn't take that long, but we didn't. So we, you have to set up a car to, to pick you up at the other end. And um, they said, oh, yeah, we'll pick you up in three days time. Well, it only took us just under 12 hours. Wow. And so we, so we had to sort of camp out one night and twiddle our thumbs. Um, try and paddle upstream. <laughs> well, I think I mean, it's, it's potentially a beautiful river. Yeah. And I use that word potentially. Because I don't, I have not been as disappointed about any national park in New Zealand than I was paddling the Monganui. Really? Yeah, so much rubbish. Oh. Um, obviously, coming down from Tamanui, you know, we, we, oh, clean green New Zealand, eh? There's water, you know. Obviously, the water rises and falls in the river, and you know, wherever wherever the high point was, you just saw plastics hanging in the trees oh. and stuff. Uh, we saw two dead cows in the water. Uh, we saw, um, you know, a couple of old vehicles that had been there an awful long time. Really? Um, you know, not good enough. So this, we, we, this is actually on the Wanganui journey. On the river, yeah, on the on the part that that's that's the great walk or the great paddle. So that's it was because it's a beautiful, yeah. you know, it's a beautiful, beautiful landscape. Yeah. And we're very, very quintessential, you know, um, North Island native bush. But just spoiled by the by the lack of management around it, obviously. Um, yeah. And it was interesting enough because we, both Ben and I, you know, we, you Google a few things, and we actually hadn't seen any comments that were that, that were that way inclined. But man, our experience was, um, yeah, we were really um, very disappointed, to be honest, yeah. in the, in the state of it. But um, anyway, yeah. we will continue to paddle and um, and uh, get ready for this race, even if it's a year away. Oh man, keep us keep us posted on that because um yeah that's 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 a great story in the works right there, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Look, it it, it is um it's going to be a, a a good story and and um you know Ben and I are sort of um I mean he's an adventure racer too, so um the guy that runs the race is 
it's a bit like the Revenant, you know, you, you, people come with CVs and, and it's quite interesting that, because I call every single person. If I, if I don't know you, you know, I, I, I don't email you, I, I pick up the telephone and, and I talk to every single person that tries to get in. And, you know, the people that, that have the, the, the really good deep CVs and they think they're going to get in because their CV is all about distance. Ask, then you ask them the very first question, can you navigate? And then there's either silence or no. And you go, well, um, you know, how are you going to get around the course? Um, so, you know, um, being able to navigate and, and being able to have an experience in the back country and just, you know, just being able to do things unsupported. And that's what the guy that runs the Yukon is big on. Mm. So you could be the world's best paddler. You could be an Olympic paddler. He doesn't really care. Mm. He looks first and foremost, can you survive? Yeah. And, and now you've done that, Steve, out there. You, you know that it's not... It's not. Um... Let's not forget Steve DNF. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> is that did not function or did not finish? <laughs> um, but Steve, now you've done the race. I think you, you testify to the fact that you know, especially at night uh, around that backside going up the Nokamai, um, you, you know, you, you don't want to have your CV only full, filled of, uh, of, you know, races that uh, have got uh, have got uh, marshals and aid stations every every 5K. No, it's, no. Just, it's just going to be... If you want to be able to do a bit of parkour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it, it, unless you've done some of that stuff, it's not, a, I don't think it's a safe place to be. It's certainly not, it's not, not, I don't want people to learn that sort of stuff on this race. Yeah. They've got to go out and learn that stuff, you know, by doing row gains and, yeah. you know, just, just making their way uh, towards the race. So, um, so the Yukon guy's the same. He, he um, I think his, name, his name's John. Yeah. Um, he, he's an ex-SAS as well, I think. So he, he values and looks for people that, um, I just you know familiar with um, the outdoors and 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 going unsupported. Yeah, uh, we're pretty much the same. Yeah, oh, absolutely brilliant. Just just yeah. to change topic a wee bit. Um, have you ever done the North Burn? Yes, you have. Yep. How'd that go? Uh yeah. I think um, I've only done the. I haven't done the mile of the. I've done the hundred k. Oh, that's not really the North Burn, then. Um, <laughs> no, well, it's on North Burn. Unless you do it with a lawnmower. And I um, can't remember what time I did. I think I did, for the 100K, I think I did 14F. But you should come and do, you should come and do the miler because the last loop's definitely the best. Yeah, you know, I've done that last loop. I've, like I've done, because I used to live on the other side of it. So, oh, yeah. yeah. so we used to live down, down on the Waikiri side. Yeah. Um, so I, I helped Terry market a couple of times. And I used to do a lot of training up there. So I know, I know the territory really well. I'm not well. going to be able to talk you into that then. No, it's a, it's like, it's that whole thing about when they're really familiar. Yeah, yeah. Not really. They don't really. I'd rather go to somewhere that I'd never seen before. You know, I get um, it. So it's, it's a bit like. Have you, you seen know, Mount Dargle? What's that? Have you been to Mount Dargle before? I've been there. I haven't done your race, but I've been there. Yeah. Oh, there we, go. <laughs> yeah. We, we use a very unique track. <laughs> a unique one. Has <laughs> anyone got lost on it before, Steve? Yeah, you have to navigate your own way. <laughs> there, you there you go. Next year, take the watches off them. 
Oh, gutted. Yeah, I don't know. We won't get many. We won't, I don't know if we'll get many people they can't put it on. <laughs> they won't get the oh, muscle things challenge points. Um, there you go. There you oh, go. Christ, Archie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is, um, um, why Ramstein? Oh, I just like them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like music. And um, so there's certain parts of the race that, in fact, most of the race really, but there's certain parts of the race where I just think, bugger it, I'm going to listen to what I want to listen to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty so cool. I like, I like, I like Ramstein and uh, um, Ramstein, okay. yeah. I, I like I like all sorts of music, you know, and, and obviously having Andy there this year was great. Uh, he'll be back next year and uh, we've got another another little um, addition to Andy, which I think will make it even more special uh, for next year. So um, yeah. um, we just keep, I just, you know, the, the thing with the, um, the thing with the, the race briefing and how we do the start, um, you know, that, that really fulfills two things. One, you know, Tom's the same as me. We like the history of the property and, and we like to respect that. Hence, you know, we have the harker and so forth. But the other part of it is just pure entertainment. You know, I've been to so many races and, you know, you get given a piece of clothing and you go to a race briefing and that's it. And to me, if I'm paying money for something, like God Zone's a really good example, you know, you pay eight and a half thousand dollars and and that's fine because there's a hell of a lot that goes into that race, you know, a lot, a lot of cost. But, you know, fundamentally you turn up to a hall, someone tells you a bit about the race and you leave. Yeah. And I've always thought, it wouldn't cost you much just to make this whole thing entertaining. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's really that you know the spirit behind that is is was first and foremost. Once people turn up, why not be entertained? Yeah, you know. And so and then you know obviously that entertainment reflects the the history of the property and the, and the cultures that have that have um, forged the land and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, ultimately, it's just right. you know let's let's all have a cool time together. It creates an awesome race start. It's probably the most kind of you know um, hyped race start I've been to. Where you know was it an hour or an hour and a half before to start? You know, Ramstein starts up quite loud. Yeah, yep. woke yep. me up. I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I and I, I I think about all that. I mean, I you know I enjoy that. Yeah, and so if you listen to the songs. And you listen to the lyrics, yep. and you listen to the sequence that the songs are, 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 are played. Yep. There's method to the madness. There is there is a message, and there are stories going. And look, a lot of it's tongue and cheek and taking the piss, really. Yep. Um, but it's all it's just all fun and it's all entertainment. And you know, some people don't get it, and that's fine. And other people really do get it and they dig it, and so that's great too. So yep. yeah, it's uh, we'll, we'll we'll continue to grow that uh, because that's that's the fun part for me actually. That's pretty yeah, I really, I really enjoy doing that stuff. It's good. It's fun. And uh, joining in the Harker at the end with Ian, that was pretty awesome too. Yeah, look, we're really privileged to have Tim write that Harker for us. I mean, that was awesome the first year um, to have that gifted to us. Um, and um, so, yeah, look, you know, I mean, the Harker is just one of those things that I enjoy. And I think as Kiwis now, we've, we've um, you know, my generations probably the the and my dad, mum and dad's generations are the ones to blame for sort of um, having having some distance between ourselves and the Maori culture. Yep. And I think the the younger people get it, and, and I think I get it now. <laughs> At long last, took sixty three years, 
Um, but I love it, uh, and, 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 and I just think it's it's part of who we are, and um, and we should just embrace it and just enjoy it. And I think my, most people are doing that now. Yeah, something that makes cool. us Kiwis, I think. It's really good. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And um, and I say, Tim's, it was so good that he wrote that for us. And, um, you know, once you know the meaning of it, we put that little video out. A lot of people, um, you know, don't know the meaning of the haka. But once, once you read it, it's just welcoming and it's very specific to the South Island and specific to, to that property. Um, I just think it's cool. You know, it's just a, just something that's a bit unique. Yeah, good stuff, right? Yeah. Okay, Scott, thanks heaps for coming on on uh, the show. Thanks for um, your time and everything. Um, no, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Really no, appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, and March the 6th is um, opening day. Yep, yep, yep. March the 6th we have opening. I mean, the first year, Steve, we didn't make a big deal of that. Um, and then I actually had some people who, you know, whether they were kidding or not, but they basically said, I wish you'd actually put a date up because it sort of stayed under the radar and then, and then we sort of forgot about it or, you know, when we rang you up, it was, it, was, it was sort of full or whatever. So we did it last year by putting up a date yeah. and it served that purpose, but we, 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 we fixed one problem and got another and that's all of a sudden we got the storm of people <laughs> um, coming through and it was just crazy. And if we had, didn't have COVID, we had 62 actually um, confirmed and we and I did sixty two because I I took I took the risk I thought the internationals wouldn't get here, right. So that's why I accepted over forty because I thought look you know we get a huge amount of internationals yeah. and I think it's even going to be uh, like the amount of um, traffic. Uh, in fact, during the race we had people trying to enter this year. Yeah. Oh, they've already. Seriously. <laughs> because you, can, you can go on our website, obviously, and you can fill a submission in. Oh, wait. They're, oh, wait they're trying to end for next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was oh, getting, so, I my I phone was going off, year. and I'm getting these Australians and these people saying, you know, trying to enter. I'm thinking, oh, we haven't even finished this year yet, guys. Steady. Yeah. Steady <laughs> um, on. Steady on. And then, and then um, I've had a few people, Steve, um, get a bit anxious when I put that up and they emailed me and said, and I'm talking about people that from this year, especially, yeah. and they've sort of said, well, hold on. Is it going to be a, a sort of just a bun fight? <laughs> yeah. and, I, and I've said, no, it's not how it works. I said, you know, the six is when you put your submission in, but you know, I've already said that you can't, you're not going to finish this race first time. So if I made it a sort of first in first serve every year, uh, you know, people like yourself, for example, you're thinking, okay, I want to give that a crack. I can go further. Um, well, what if... Hey, it could be just like it could be just like when um, the, the Kipling entries go online. I say, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm just not interested in that. So, you know, for people that, that you know... Oh, come on, it's the most exciting two and a half minutes of your life. <laughs> it's just not me, eh? And um, so, you know, this year, the 40 spots, there really aren't 40 spots. Yeah, because yeah. I, you know, I've already had a, a number of people say I want to come back, and yeah. and it's like no, you know, you you need to come back in the sense that you know you've shown support and you, you want to bring those learnings back. So how can you, know, you can't turn around and say sorry, guys, just you know take your chance. It's yeah, creating yeah. A bit of a family, really, isn't it? What's that? Creating a bit of a family. Yeah, and that's that's what I like. Um, and so you know, um, and as natural attrition, you know, we had those original 
21. And out of the original 21, I think we're down to nine in year three that wanted to come back. Yep. So people will come, they'll have their cycle, they'll yep. give it a crack. And then, you know, after maybe two, three goes, it'll either not be for them anymore or they felt they've, they've exhausted the, you know, what they, they can achieve. So I, I, I feel I've got to give them that chance. So, you know, in, re, in reality, entries open on the six, but there's actually not many of the 40 spots left. Well, yeah. I'll put my entry in on the seventh because I think I'm, and same with Chris Taylor. So just oh, yeah. so you know, just yeah. we'll both they'll both be coming, but um, yeah, yeah, going yeah. up and down a hill repeatedly. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, I might come down and have a look, eh? Yeah, yeah, you should do. Well, yeah. we're not going up Mount Cagle on the sixth. We're going up in Rock and Pillars, I think. Yeah. Where are you going? Rock and Pillars. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, like Big Heart. Yeah, yeah, because Chris Taylor's doing this thousand vert a day challenge for March, and so oh, okay, let's yeah. do four thousand one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? It's it's funny how all those challenges come up, because I was looking at my one of my old training diaries the other day, and um, I can't remember what I was training for, but I just because you know I see these things. Mal Law has them, and all these competitions. And I've never been into those sort of things, but it got me thinking, I'll oh, look back at my old training schedule. Cause I think a lot of those things you did naturally. Yeah. And so I had a look at, and now I ticked a couple off. Like there was one, how many consecutive uh, marathons did you do? Or could you do, right? Well, I did nearly 90. I did, I did 90 days in a row that were over 42 K. Bloody hell. Bloody hell. And, 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 and it just shows you, doesn't it? If you don't think about it. Yeah, 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 that's right. I mean, it, it was well, just... Uh, well, if you think about it, it makes it me just, it sound it like just, a pussy. It was just simply you had, I had another goal at the time. And then you mentioned the vertical. And like I saw something on, on um, Wild Things the other day, so, something about who got the most vert or something like that. And... Uh, again, an, an, another sequence that I was training for, and I looked at it, and I think I averaged just under 1,100 metres a day for, I think it was, two and a half months. Yeah. But again, not right. trying. Not yeah. trying. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to, if you set that as a goal, you'd probably find it really difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So it's, it's just, it was quite interesting going back and reading some of the stuff that you did. Yeah. And because you did it for other reasons and it was packaged with other stuff, yeah. um, you, you never thought of it, you know? But, yeah, it's quite, quite interesting the way everyone likes statistics. Bloody hell. Yeah. No, no wonder you beat me in that 50K race. That was flat. They've probably done about the 50, 50K races before, you know, the, the previous 50 days before that. And, oh, God. Oh, you're a machine. Yeah. Overtraining. <laughs> why, 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 why does um, Terry Davis think you're soft? I don't know. Does he? I wouldn't have a clue. That's what you told oh, me. A bit of controversy, eh? bit of controversy. <laughs> yeah. No, Terry, Terry's a good man. I've done well, I've done most of his races um, at, at some time or another. But again, I'm really only say, you know, you, I, I met. Terry, you know, when I was later in life, so to speak. So 
you turn up to his event, you'd be and you'd be winning your age category, but again, you'd be the only one there. So it's oh, not, isn't it great? It's just another person standing, really, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah, yeah. well, you say, it's a perfect because you turn up and someone will go, Well, you're bound to win that one. And you go, Okay, you're trying to tell me I'm the only one here again. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> Whatever. So you're doing Northburn again, are you? I am, yeah. Yeah, I might come and um, come and have a look at that this year. Yeah. I, I usually trot along and have a look. Um, you can pace me to the third lap if you want. You can go to the 50. Oh, yeah, could no, do Don't that. worry, you won't have to run fast, Scott. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, steady. A steady. drop bag. At steady. What, what time are you looking for? Uh, under 30 hours. Yep, yep. Oh, you should do that, right? Yeah, hopefully. Well, I did it 32 last time, but I, I hadn't really thought about training for it that time. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's all about, as Terry said, right, rightfully says, you know, um, you, you rest, you rest the climbs, and and um, you know, it's the descents that um, you, you, that you've really got to work out. The climbs are just steady, slow, and and that's where you rest. But it's those descents that get you on that because yeah. they're so runnable, you yeah. know, they really are runnable. Um, that's a great. Yeah, the, the water race is really runnable. The water race. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's interesting because I. I, I I've never really mentioned it to Terry, but it's just a pity that um, that he, he he hasn't talked to Richard Parsons on the other side. I think he might have sold that station now, but um, you could almost do the hundred mile with two laps there instead of three. Really? Um, yeah. If you, if you go went down to, the other side and back up again. Yeah. If you went, if you dropped down to Waikiri Valley and then came up um, Lilico Spur and up up through that way, um, it, it, just a gorgeous, gorgeous little ridge that. Um, and I, I know there's the three stations meet at one point, and that could well be, um, you know, I it could be maybe the politics behind it. I don't know, uh, but beautiful country. He's got Terry's got a great race there. I, I like Northburn. Yeah, it's a fun, fun time. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. Yeah. Cool. All yeah. right. We should one things up. Yep, we should probably um, call it over now. Yeah, so, yeah, I think uh, I think Archie needs outside too. He's, um... <laughs> I can actually smell those farts from here, mate. Oh, steady! Oh, it's, not, it's not it's not good. They haven't they haven't given us that technology. I don't want that technology. Yeah, it's, it's turning my it's turning my beard grey. Just the smell. <laughs> it's working. Anyway. Hey, good to talk, guys. Thank you very much. For yeah, no, no, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you very much. So, um, I'll let you yeah get back to whatever you're doing there. I'm gonna go and cook myself some dinner. Oh,